Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. I also command that you keep listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, a conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. And get ready for a double XP bonus today as we are covering not one, but two incredible VGM projects. And joining me this week is Ro Panaganti. Ro is a multi-instrumentalist, recording artist, and videographer specializing in covers of video games and films in the style of rock and progressive metal. Ro blends his love of music and video productions on his popular YouTube channel, which finds him making these amazing arrangements of music from video games, television shows, and even feature films. Uh, some of his past projects include Wild, or The Wild, rather, music from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And on episode 149, Ro was on talking about his album Metal Trainer, which is a prog metal tribute album to the red and blue slash yellow era of the Pokemon video games. As of this recording, uh, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary God, I can't even believe it's been 25 years since this game's been released. <laughs> uh, well, Earthbound, which was a Super Nintendo role-playing game back from guys like 1995, um, which was the second game of the Mother series in Japan. And Rowan, along with Peter Soundall Smith, have released this really cool eclectic collection of music uh, to tribute that album entitled Fuzzy Pickles, uh, which comes to Rusty Material Collective. In addition to music from both Ro and Peter, Fuzzy Pickles features contributions from other artists such as Noteblock, The Gamba Geek, and The Gator Tots. And so we're going to talk about that today, but stay tuned because in the second half of the show, Ro and I will be joined by Christian Richardson, who is a fellow guitarist and YouTuber who has also arranged the new metal album Moon Rock, which is a tribute to the music of Super Mario Odyssey. We're going to have a lot of fun today. And well, first and foremost, Ro, uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, thanks for taking the time out on this ridiculously humid day, because I don't know about you, but I've been sweltering. <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Adrian. It's It's been kind of wild in like North Carolina weather. We kind of joke. It's just, it's a free for all. You, you will have the coldest mornings and the hottest afternoons. And uh, I don't know why, but my building is kind of managing. The second I go outside, I'm <laughs> I'm fried like like an egg. <laughs> right. <So> I, <laughs> I just run right back in. Right. I'm really glad that we're having this chat because I know the last time you were on, um, I had so much fun talking about Metal Trainer. And something I've mm-hmm. always appreciated about your work is, well, both just the professionalism, the musicianship, and you and I both know this, and it's no secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many, you know, hard rock and metal tribute albums and arrangements on like video games out in the world and on YouTube. But yet, I think I appreciate your style. And like we talked about on that show, you've been incorporating mm-hmm. different styles, not even just in terms of metal, like blues. And well, I think you had actually been starting to play the sitar and doing yes. <laughs> Which I thought was really cool because I think that's that flavor and willingness to experiment is why mm-hmm. I appreciate Fuzzy Pickles. When I first heard about the project, I'm thinking, okay, it, there's going to be some hard rock, but it incorporates so many great different styles of music. 
you know, there's jazz, there's uh, violins, there's, you know, rock, there's even mm-hmm. some 8-bit and electronic music. And, well, other than my love of this video game and this video game series, what I wanted mm-hmm. to get to know then is, of course, um, your relationship with Earthbound and how it was that you came to produce this. First of all, of course, thank you for the kind words. I mean, um, I I have to say that making covers is already such a like scary thing for hundreds, thousands of artists to be doing. And it takes a lot of work to make an album of it and to choose your favorite songs and go through that process. Right. And then within there, we're all just striving, right? Like for, for something that's really going to stick out. So, you know, of all the brilliant Earthbound and Mother 3 albums that could be out there, uh, we wanted to make Fuzzy Pickles to be the one that can really be remarkable and carve its own place in in the world. So the last time we talked, I guess I was talking about my solo album, which is a different process. But with Gamelark, I kind of inherited Gamelark to start from uh, my buddy Alan Brash. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the community and the articles that are coming out of a website called Game Grooves. But it's run by Alan Brash now, who kind of went from directing these full-on albums. He wanted to pass that on to me so he could focus on writing. But we did some Sonic albums. We did, like, Rare, you know, Banjo-Kazooie stuff. We did Kingdom Hearts. And um, this is actually my second time doing a Gamelark album as a director. Um, the last time was our Hearts of Light Kingdom Hearts album, and it was a rough time for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It happens and it's okay. It's it's not like a like a human performance issue or anything. It's just my first time directing a group album by myself actually. Um I'd always had someone else kind of helping. And um you know, we were kind of learning as we went and this round I said, "No. <laughs> we have to be smarter. You know, we have to uh do this differently." So, I wanted to see once we had chosen the theme, uh, myself and some of the other Gamelark uh, managers who kind of help with like the logistics, finding new people who want to be on the album and so on, uh, we ended up just seeing a lot of people really, really gravitate to Super Nintendo, um, which is cool. I, I also find myself doing that as well. And everyone was just kind of like, well, uh, I guess we've done Chrono Trigger. You know, what's another big one? And I was like, Earthbound? Earthbound, maybe, <laughs> and you know, you know, you know, like when you're convincing your friends, like a really good idea that just doesn't seem like a good idea at first. That's kind of how it felt with um, pitching Earthbound or uh, doing a whole album of the Mother franchise, right? You know, I, I told everyone like I know it's it's a weird game on purpose, but that means you all have so much free reign. There are songs that work well for classical, for electronic. There's upbeat, fast-paced, like, fighting songs, you know, like, battle themes and things. There's quainter ones. Like, there's something, (laughs) literally, there's something for everyone in this franchise because of how outlandishly strange it is. And for those who hadn't played it, I was able to kind of use Undertale, which of course is like an indie hit from 2015 that's very much spiritually and, you know, very overtly inspired by that series. I think that's very true, mainly because of the fact that I'm a huge RPG fan, love them to death, Mm -hmm. but they tend to kind of have a medieval sort of fantasy element to them. And what was great about Earthbound, and especially at the time in which that came out, much like Undertale... 
it's an RPG, right. but it's a different mm-hmm. take on it. And Earthbound, especially, it's a modern take on the genre, which, right. to be honest, hasn't happened too many times since then. I could yeah. maybe think of like Persona to a certain extent, or like the world right. ends with you. And I mean, I guess now we're starting to see more of them, but at the time, it was such a like radical left of center notion to be like, hey, you can have, instead of your character riding like a horse or a sword, he Mm -hmm. rides a bike and he carries a baseball bat and he roughs up, you know, a a local (laughs) gang in an arcade. Right, right. It's the way I've always heard it described and uh, I agree is like the same feeling you get watching Saturday morning cartoons and, you know, almost realistic world with completely zany, anything can happen kind of humor and story. That's what really makes me love Earthbound. Once we ended up like deciding on that title, I, I had to ask for help. And uh, Peter, or Soundle as he's known on his YouTube channels, you know, he's not just a fan of the, the score and of music in Earthbound, but he's a fantastic musician. He's a very good people person. And hopefully if he's listening to this, he approves of my flattery. But <laughs> he really did do a lot of logistical work that I just could not. And um, even like when we were kind of being soundboards for each other, like, hey, can we do it on this date? You know, like, how how's the art looking to you? You know, like, um, oh, no, this person dropped or what can we do about this? Right. Like just having that person, you know, it's it's fantastically important. And from there, we just did our usual process. Um, we're guided and published by Materia. So they helped us get fantastic artwork um, by Isabel Alcantara. She did like this really cool isometric look, kind of like of the four cities of Earthbound together mm-hmm. with the Fuzzy Pickles title at the bottom and... From there, everyone just kind of does their own thing, and we sort of just encourage that, you know, like, hey, if you're looking for collaborators, you know, hit up this person, this person. And it doesn't happen very often. This album only has, I think, two collaborations uh, from a performance standpoint. Right. But as you know, if you've ever heard any Earthbound song or played the game, of course, the songs are so different and drastically, like... They just throw you for a loop every time. So we knew the album was not going to be one of those consistent listens. So we were okay with it. You know, you start the album, uh, Fuzzy Pickles, with like an electronic number and you're guided into like saxophone in a classical style. You have like more somber, somber songs. You're hit with like upbeat pop <laughs> kind of things. And then we go back to like bluegrass. It's it's very reflective of those very same games. Exactly. Um, and that's the beauty of that game. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I think the music, and maybe that's just because I'm biased in that regard. To sure. me, the music <laughs> is really what stood out to me. Not that the gameplay wasn't great and the characters sure. and the stories and the humor, especially because in a mm-hmm. weird, in a way it like, was a little self-referential and kind of parody, you know, RPGs yeah, to a certain extent. But the music was remarkable. Like, it was one of the few games where I actually liked getting into battles because I just loved that battle music so much. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those games that varied the battle music by the type of random opponent a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you, so like, <laughs> when you start, I think you get, like, that very, like, chirpy, like, and then, like, you fight a ghost, and it's, like, a completely different, like, like stand, uh, like, an upright bass jazz solo thing with, like, the little um, bongo solo. And then when you fight the bosses, it gives you, like, something more psychedelic. And 
It's just tremendous amounts of work. It's definitely that part of the game that stands out to me still. Um, this is my second Earthbound album, too, to be on. In 2014, I actually, my first video game cover album was an Earthbound album, PK Rockin'. And, nice. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, like, just me sitting in my room over the summer, like, really excited because, you know, I was going to do something that felt like, it felt almost wrong, like, doing something so legitimate after... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like two years of video game. I was like, I've only done YouTube for two years. I've only made like 40 covers. Like how, who am I to be making albums? But I think it taught me like a ton just about what it could feel like to, to tell like a bigger story. And um, obviously I think I carried some of that experience with me to every album I've either directed or recorded now. Right. And I, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, which I know we're referencing a lot, but that just means you'll mm-hmm. have to listen to it, folks. <laughs> um, you, you know, go. we were talking about your YouTube channel and your presence. And I think what you said hit on something I think that's important, at least to me, is that we have weird thoughts about what it is to be like a successful, I don't know, entertainer or personality. Like, you know, there's YouTubers and maybe streamers who pull in, like, huge numbers. And that's great, and I'm sure they have their audience, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they speak to everybody. And Mm -hmm. with your channel, I think what was cool about yours was, and especially with the video component, was the fact that it seemed more personal. And even, like, let's say one of my favorites that, she is not a huge fan of the song, but, you know, shout out to Nadia, by the way. I've been spamming her with the mm-hmm. Pumpkin Hill theme for, like, at least, <laughs> like, a month. But even in the Aww. video, it's like you're doing this really great, like, arrangement of the song. But while you guys are, like, rapping and singing along and playing, like, you're sort of, like, playing with, like, this Knuckles plushie. And it's just... Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and even between that and, like, let's say, you know, current, more currently, like, the Westworld theme you did. Like, there's just oh, an sure. element of fun and enjoyment. And even you playing you can tell that you just generally enjoy this. So maybe you're worried about like, oh, who am I to be doing this particular project? But I think it's the passion behind it is what really comes through. Not necessarily sure. <laughs> like the numbers, which I mean, are great, but mm-hmm. I think that only tells half the story. I kind of like that. And I appreciate you saying that because it is really true that, you know, on paper, if, if you just like for the first time ever saw my channel or saw some random YouTube music video channel and you judged purely based on what you saw or what you heard as, hmm, I wonder what like does this which one is like the 100,000 subscriber channel and which one is the 10,000, you know, you might think one way. But at the end of the day, I think if you like something, you like something. And the way I want to make my videos or uh, when I collaborate like in Pumpkin Hill with Colby, it's just, we're having fun. We're doing our absolute best to make something that we would respect and we would enjoy watching and have a blast seeing. And we're trying to be ourselves to the, you know, to the world so that when you click on my thing, or if someone listens to you, they know that they are getting something that only that person could produce. It's the USD possible. And um, it took a long time for me to get there because my channel grew with me. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) when I started, I was on YouTube. What was I like? Maybe 16 or 17. I was definitely super shy about everything. So I didn't take things seriously. I rushed. I still do. But like the way like Fuzzy Pickles comes out or the way Metal Trainer comes out or anything, it's like just a result of so much like, confidence building i think 
to where you're just like, yeah, I'll do this. <laughs> like, what's what's wrong with that? Like, I'll do the craziest thing possible. Like, the more you lose those anxieties and those uh, kind of preconceived notions of what you're doing that could be weird, I think the better off you can convey individualism and you just look happier too. Like, um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's, I think that's like the X factor I've always shot for. And like both videos you referenced, uh, the pumpkin Hill one, I know like was, it was just for us. Like it was pretty much just like a gag video. It's not going to do superbly well. Um, Westworld video, I poured heart and soul in that, but that was actually a father's day gift. Um, cause my dad really enjoyed Westworld. So it's, it's, Again, it has nothing to do with um, like the performance chasing in that sense. Like it's it's just about proving like to myself I can do something that only I could do and entertaining people in a way that I feel only I will be able to make or right. I will make. Um, as scary as that can be. Oh, it's insanely scary because you're pretty much putting yourself out there as mm. yourself. You know that's. That's you. You know, there's, you can't necessarily do a video of a song and just be like, oh, yeah, that's somebody else playing that. No, we can right. clearly <laughs> see you play it. And to do so and to just be out there and open. And I imagine it's not for everybody, but it's still kind of remarkable. And I think that it's interesting that you mentioned that. And, of course, with this game and then this collection, I think in a right. way, at least from my perspective, it speaks to that part of you that it's not just strictly about riffs. It's not just about, okay, let me just make the most like head banging cover of this, which you've mm-hmm. done, <laughs> but <laughs> it really does speak to the eclectic side and appreciation for not just what you do, but for what others in this field also bring to the table. Absolutely. And that's how fuzzy pickles kind of is framed. Just like the earthbound series is framed. It's, it is intentionally weird. It is different. Um, I don't know. I think it's beautiful. Gamelark is sometimes like the earthbound of video game communities to me. You know, <laughs> we might be a deep cut, but we want to have as much heart in there as possible. And we want to be you know, the Gamelarkiest possible. We don't want people to <laughs> feel like they have to conform or, you know, just they don't have to stick to the original structure of songs. They don't have to stick to one genre we just want them to do their absolute best. And I think that's also something that I have often learned is to break down my preconceived notions because I'm thinking to myself, I recognize some of the names on this project, um, of course, you sure. and some others, and it's Earthbound. So I kind of came into it thinking, okay, I had an idea of what this was going to sound like, only to find out that mm-hmm. I was actually wrong in the best way possible. What's great about this, and I don't know if you know, want a little more insight into it, is you're really not expecting these songs to sound exactly as they do. So I don't know when it came to like the selection process. Like, was mm-hmm. there something in particular you were really looking for as far as like the track listing goes? So I will say um, we definitely talked about this last time because I can't imagine any time I-, I talk to people about albums and not bring it up. What you're allowed to cover as far as like the, the boring logistical legal side of video game cover albums does play a big role here. Um, 
So, you know, Earthbound and the original NES game, Mother or um, Earthbound Beginnings, as it was ported more recently, and Mother 3, all three of those uh, games have to have their soundtracks like released in some way, like iTunes or Spotify or what have you, or a CD, in order for us to even be allowed to make our versions of it and, you know, distribute it. So that was like a challenge, as you can imagine, like uh, those games are really old. They're often neglected and we had to scour to find like releases of their, you know, their soundtracks. And luckily there were like rare vinyl, you know, releases or exclusives. So of that little, little, little list, I was hoping that we would get a good amount of Earthbound songs. I think most people have, most people who have played any of the games has, have played uh, Earthbound or they will recognize the themes from copious covers or Super Smash Brothers where mm-hmm. they're compiled in, right? So um, that was pretty much my hopes just as far as like the overall representation of the series. Um, what I got was probably even better. I chose Foreside um, because, you know, as I mentioned, I did an album before and I actually ran a little late on time for Fuzzy Pickles. So I was like, shoot, what song do I cover? You know, like, it's the night before your homework is due feeling. Oh, I know that feeling all too well. Of course, right? And then you end up just, like, choosing whatever you have, like, one little idea for. Um, and my buddy Matt, he um, he actually really liked my old Earthbound album, The Way I Did Foreside. And I was like, you know, it's really like sweet that he actually liked that one and like specifically liked the way I arranged some of the parts. So I'm like, all right, let's do that one. So um, I chose that. Uh, Subversive Asset and Gator Tots uh, kind of worked together on Tucson. So we got like, you know, a few a few of my favorite tracks from Earthbound specifically, along with like Eight Melodies and Mother Earth, which are kind of like across the series, I like to think. And Pollyanna. Oh. Pollyanna is so good. It's such a great song. It's such a great song. But they they kind of are um, game agnostic <laughs> to me. Like they're part of that. <laughs> they're part of the franchise. You know. Like I don't think of Pollyanna and think, oh yeah, remember that time I was playing Earthbound Beginnings? I just think like the series as a whole, right? Um, but you know, you you see like Gentle Rain, right, and uh, Fate, and you call this a utopia. Those are all mother three tracks whole whole way through and you call this a utopia actually has some themes that you might hear in the smash bros stage from uh, new pork city i think it's called right um like the so those like melodies are kind of woven in that track so i i feel like in that regard we still covered all of the essentials that we could possibly get out of nine artists who volunteered their time and without kind of overcrowding anything. We listen to music day in and day out. What's cool about this is it doesn't overstay its welcome. And even though each of the tracks are so unique in terms of their style and presentation, there's still a flow to this. You can have a great album, but even then, as much as you like the songs, how they flow in their track listing can either make or break one as well oh definitely i think there's merit to any album of any size um i know that a common critique i've seen received uh and hopefully not given too much about uh you know like indie created albums and video game remix albums is the length but um 
I know from experience being in that hot seat, <laughs> it's not always uh, your choice. You know, we didn't have that many more songs we could actually choose from those games, which really plays into why we have just nine tracks. Um, right. But, you know, there's some beauty in like something that's sh- short and sweet. And um, I-, I think it tells the story again of how we made this album. But the fact that it's nine tracks tells you like, wow, they really had to scrounge to find songs that are, you know, licensable and artists that were familiar with the game and wanted to participate. And a lot of the tracks are actually quite short as well. But like mine, that's the shortest cover I think I've ever released. (laughs) And I think it's just because there's not that much more I feel like that track could go without really disorienting the city vibe of Foreside. <laughs> well, I admire your self-restraint, even though I'm like, damn, I wish there were more to this. <laughs> I, I do. Like, on paper, if the whole Earthbound game was, you know, potentially there and more game markers were familiar with the games, by all means, there is room for fuzzy pickles, too. <laughs> One of my favorite parts about the mm-hmm. game was the uh, Runaway 5. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, like, I would just love an album that was sort of based around that. Mm -hmm. I I think that was no accident that music played so heavily into that, and that was such a great experience Mm -hmm. uh, interacting with those characters. But yeah, if there's Mm -hmm. ever a Fuzzy Pickles 2, I am all about that. It's something, like, you actually hear, I'm sure, like, a lot of with, like, remix albums, because they're never necessarily, like, super long unless they're these gargantuan projects. So it's always nice to entertain the idea of a sequel. Runaway 5, actually, that was another thing I did in my first album, because I love those characters. They're, they they come in in the second city, and you see them again at least like two times, and they play like this very cutesy kind of quirky role. Um, they help you, they drive you places, they, they owe money <laughs> to the venue, <laughs> of course. It's, it's clever, and they have like a couple unique songs. So, um, you know, like, I would love to redo, like, my medley or, I mean, there's a band named The Runaway 4, like a video game band, and I'm pretty sure they've covered their music. It's just that influential. There's a collab for you right there. I mean, if there's only four of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They need a fifth. So they, see, it, it writes itself. It You're out. already in. <laughs> now that I've volunteered you for this project, do have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. But I did want to um, ask real quick, um, especially mm-hmm. since uh, Soundall isn't here, uh, more about your dynamic and your working relationship and how you guys kind of got to meet a little bit. Because I did want to take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to sort of highlight uh, Peter since, uh, unfortunately, he's not with us today. Sure. Um, so I have known Peter since basically um, Gamelark's inception or creation. So to go all the way back, um, I believe, I want to figure out exactly how I found out, but um, way back when I created the subreddit called like RVG Covers, since there wasn't one that was just dedicated to people who rearrange and remix uh, video game music purely, there's there's a lot of like crossover ones. And around there, I ended up finding this guy, Alan Brash, through um, the artist uh, Project Genesis, who had just done an interview. And because Alan Brash was like coming from a journalism background. Obviously he's a huge gamer and he's also a musician. I ended up like meeting him for the first time. We kind of uh, became fast friends and we shared like, oh, I'm really into like my multiplayer charity project. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. I've actually wanted to make like a community of really uh, passionate like game artists who can kind of be on albums together. And 
then thus created Gamelark Group. Nice. He he found, because he was listening to much more eclectic and different uh, artists than I was, I was used to pretty much just finding either by chance or mostly like the guitar playing, you know, rock and metal people. Uh, so right. I didn't get to meet all of these, you know, talented people in Gamelark until we started making an album. And one of them, of course, was uh, Peter Soundall Smith. And um, we had like one or two brief collaborations before and uh, appeared on albums together and slowly kind of learned more about each other's workflow. And, um, you know, I have nothing but humongous respect for Peter as a clarinet player, as a pianist, as a arranger. And um, he also plays this uh, common instrument <laughs> called the electric wind instrument, or EWI. It's um, it's like the synthesizer for uh, woodwind instruments. If I'm not like speaking completely out of place, because I don't play one. Um, <laughs> I don't even think I've heard of that, and I'm kind of embarrassed because I try to act like I'm such a like connoisseur of music, but this is a new one on me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, sure. It's, um, if you've seen Insane in the Rain or obviously like, uh, Peter's work or even, um, some other artists that have like, uh, like the band, what is it? T Square? Um, yeah. they, they all use this quite a lot and eight melodies on Fuzzy Pickles. Uh, that's the lead instrument. So he's performing it like with like a woodwind style. So you have like that breathiness. It's very smooth and sultry and it has, um, a really interesting quality. So, um, I've always really enjoyed that. I actually, I can't say what Peter's working on with me next, but we've enjoyed collaborating together and we have really profound respect for each other's genres as, you know, diverse as they may appear on paper. So I've always known that. And, you know, Peter's put together a lot of organized things as well. For example, he's doing um, his second year in a row, he's run a competition for a video game cover artist called the Chill Out Challenge. <laughs> So you can imagine what that's about. Um, <laughs> oh, already sold. Yeah, make the most chilled out, relaxing uh, video game cover possible. And um, I actually entered this year, and I was a judge last year, and they're really exceptional. So that was all the qualifications I, I needed to <laughs> to be like, hey, do you want to you know tag team this one so I don't drown in a sea of of difficult <laughs> logistics and all and. Um, he was super appreciative and, you know, everyone's got a reason why they can't help out. Uh, and it's really like scary to do these group albums sometimes because there's just so many emails flying around. There's people you want to make sure you're making the best thing. You don't want right. to upset anyone if you have to do like feedback, but having him there to do a lot of that and talk about a lot of that is just tremendous. Even if it's just me panicking and messaging him, I was like, shoot, what time is it? Uh, 4 PM in the afternoon here. Perfect. He's about to like wake up in, you know, because, uh, Peter's from New Zealand. Um, or wait, I think he's from Australia and I just totally mixed that up. And the time zones obviously significantly different. So I was going to say they don't quite overlap. <laughs> like the moments they do is when we have like the conversations quickly, but I don't want to ruin uh, his sleep schedule and all of that. But we made it work really well. And, you know, his his contribution as a co-director is invaluable. I cannot stress this enough. If you do a group album, have two people that are working <laughs> on the the logistics of the release. It will save you so much grief. 
Yes, and as someone who, um, my partner and girlfriend who is often mm-hmm. the logistics side of things, it is an amazing thing to have. Oh, that's and fantastic. I mean, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, what is the saying? If you want to go far, go together. Right? Which is something yeah. that you always heard growing up, but you've also heard a lot of things growing up that now you look mm-hmm. back and being like, I don't know if that's true. But then but some <laughs> it of it is like... To- some of it really does apply and now i'm mad because those are the lessons that like all right you got me like i i understand Mm -hmm. that now like it is a wrestling of pride like working on a community album i'm sure all of the artists involved with this have unique and perfectly interesting um perspectives but to me i think there is this mix of all right like the friendly competition i don't want to like make my track be like the 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 weak link here i want to bring my a game and um I don't want to look like I'm depending on other people to make my track look good. Like there's all these little ego messages that like run in your head. But at the end of the day, if you have other people help you, you will make a cooler product a lot of the time. And as a whole, that's how I feel about co-directing. I cannot go back (laughs) to doing it by myself. And it's it's the same when it comes to multiplayer. It's the same when it comes to any of my collaborative albums like uh-huh. uh, Moonrock or uh, Shanty Raid or uh, Jiggy Rock or any of these like group <laughs> projects I do because it just it goes better. You said multiplayer because I was thinking about like I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76 lately. And oh, yeah. from playing with a group of my friends to then doing a solo, I agree because um, – not only in just in video game context, maybe in real life, if you work together more, you die less. It is true. <laughs> and from what I've played of 76, it is definitely a harder game to play uh, just by yourself for dozens of dozens of reasons. Yes. <laughs> the amount of swearing I've done uh, last night alone um, would probably get me banned. So. <laughs> yep, but you mentioned Moon Rock before, and I think it's about time that... Um, we will bring in our second guest to talk more about that album. But before we go, and you've been on the show before, you know what I like to do. If there's a track on the album that you'd like to focus on and highlight, we'll definitely play that during the break, and then we'll come back and bring in uh, Christian. Yeah, um, I think, (laughs) again, it's my personal bias, but my favorite track that I think just really locks in um, the mood of Fuzzy Pickles is uh, Pollyanna, which was made by Hugo John Strand, fantastic animator, but he also did a lot of the keyboards and um, the whistling you hear, and it's sung by My Reba. They did a phenomenal job, and I'm so proud to have them along with the uh, other eight, you know, artists on the album, eight plus, you know, just being all part of Fuzzy Pickles, so... Right. Well, shout out to Gamelark, and thanks to Materia Collective, and also thank you. Um, we'll be right back. But hopefully you guys will enjoy Pollyanna off of Fuzzy Pickles. And when we come back, we will talk to Christian Richardson about Moonrock.
I believe the morning sun Always gonna shine again And I believe a pot of gold Waits at every rainbow's end And I believe a rose is kissed with dew Why shouldn't I believe the same in you? I believe make-believe Fairy tales and lucky charms And I believe in promises Spoken as you cross your heart Oh, I believe the sky's forever blue Why shouldn't I believe the same in you? You may say I'm a fool Feeling the way that I do Call me Pollyanna, say I'm crazy as a loon I believe in silver linings and that's why I believe in you to Adrian Has Issues. We were just speaking with Ro Panaganti about Fuzzy Pickles. And we had mentioned him a couple of times during the first half of the podcast, but he's with us now. Christian Richardson, who is a fellow guitarist and YouTuber, he and Ro produced an arranged uh, incredible album entitled Moon Rock, which is a tribute to the music of Super Mario Odyssey. Christian, thank you for uh, stopping by, and I appreciate you uh, coming through. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having us both. 
Yeah, this is <laughs> this is really cool, and I know it's it's kind of like a double feature here. So um, I really appreciate you bringing on Christian and talking about Moonrock, which is like it's such a like project of love and blood and sweat and tears. Okay, so the tears I'm definitely familiar with when it comes to the creative process and sweat <laughs> uh, that's happening right now. So that's covered. I'm worried about yeah. the blood though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Roe wasn't speaking for me when he said that, so he might have to explain himself. I was the one playing bass. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. True. Let's go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, before we even get into Moonrock, and since Christian, uh, this is your first time on a podcast, and something I always like to do is to get people's backgrounds and what they're into, I do want to pick your brain as far as uh, your background in video game music just a little bit and how you got introduced into this amazing yet weird world. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I think video game music has probably been a part of my life for as long as just video games in general have. I don't know when it like the exact moment was where I realized like, whoa, this music is cool. But like, I don't know. The first game I ever saw was um, a Nintendo DS game called Super Monkey Ball Touch and Roll, which Ooh. in <laughs> retrospect is like apparently one of the worst in the series, blah, blah, blah. I, I love that game because it's like super mm -hmm. special to me. But that soundtrack is uh, it's super goofy, but right. I love it. And it's like. I remember I used to like open my Nintendo DS and like go to the levels and whatever and just like not even play the game and just like leave the sound on in the background and oh, like yeah. doing other stuff. Uh, and I ended up doing that with a lot of other games. And of course, like um, eventually like the Mario series became one of uh, my favorites and just like all of the music across that entire franchise is like mm -hmm. just excellent. It's so good. And Mario Odyssey was certainly not a disappointment there. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> With that said, at what point then do you and Real get together and say, we want to make a collection <laughs> of music on it? It's like, oh, who was the one that fired the first shot? Oh, it was Ro. He has it, the I, evidence. Ro <laughs> <laughs> and I were just talking about this not too long ago, too. Mm -hmm. Um I guess, like, you know, for doing, like, video game cover albums, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to actually choose songs to cover because they have to be, like, released uh, in a certain mm -hmm. way for them to actually be licensable to do covers legally. And I remember Roe, I think this was the day that the official U.S. release of the Mario yeah. Odyssey sound selection came out. And I remember mm -hmm. Roe, I think, was driving home from work and sent me, like, an audio message where he was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to do this album <laughs> Uh, you're gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. This is the plan. <laughs> and, uh, the plan, the ambitious, completely botched plan. <laughs> is this where the blood comes yeah, in? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, didn't go exactly as expected, but I mean, here we are uh, with you know yeah. this EP out. <laughs> that we made. <laughs> yeah, it's done. The the message itself, like I think you know, like there's this moment that I think is relatable to a lot of the cover artists. Like the moment you find out a game is getting treated properly and getting a soundtrack treatment and proper release, we like people will lose their minds, especially like because they can license it. They can be the first one to cover it sometimes. And uh, by all means, we are not first. We are <laughs> we're dead last. <laughs> we're so dead last that a lot of the responses I got were like, what year is it, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. But 
yeah, I was just excited to see about like eight or nine unique tracks were um, on the sound selection, including obviously the the breakout hit was Jump Up Superstar, but also kind of the levels like Cascade Kingdom, Wooded Kingdom, Sand Kingdom, I think New Donk City and um, the Winter Level also snowed something. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shiveria, I think. Shiveria, yeah, Shiveria yeah. Town. And um, of course, Break Free Lead the Way. And, you know, just enough to where I felt like, you know what? I've done collab albums before. They've they've been a treat. They're a different experience. And it's a great way to help people out who may not have had that experience yet. Right. And me being obsessive with, like, logistics. I thought that would be a really cool chance for me and Christian to finally work together because we hadn't done very many collabs together like proper collabs i think we've only done one up to that point yeah that was buoy based galaxy from mario right. galaxy on your channel yeah which is fitting right i mean uh, yeah <laughs> both really like mario games obviously and yeah i mean moonrock was pretty much like conceptualized right then and there it almost feels like it's like done on a dare like at this point <laughs> Christian, I dare you to waste two and a half years of your life. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, that's actually a really good point, and I don't necessarily mean to bring this up in any sort of, like, mm -hmm. negative aspect, but I think it is worth noting that when it comes to collaboration and creating things, um, we take for granted the fact that things come out uh, when they're announced, and yet we don't often see or acknowledge the fact that some projects take a very long time to make. Um, I've had people mm -hmm. on the show um, who've just like published their first book. And then when they tell me that they've been working on it for like over a decade, it's astounding because you're saying to yourself, does it really take that long? But then once you start taking mm -hmm. apart the pieces and the ups and downs and trying to like work everything through, Things take time, and it could either be a three-song EP or a double album, but yet, you know, the creative process is uh, very multifaceted, and I think that's just kind of worth pointing mm -hmm. out, the fact that you said it was, what, two and a half years, but yet you two continue to work together, work everything out, and now that we're here and it's finished, which, congratulations. Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty spot on. Like, Christian, I'm sure you'd agree, like, on paper, albums could just take, like, however much time you need or whatever. They could be, like, yeah. a week long. But I've said this a ton to Christian. I'm glad we took our sweet time with it, or else it would not sound as good as it does now in terms of production quality especially. And that alone makes me, like, okay that, you know, we, we went through a ton in the last two and a half years with, like, work and school and life and, and music to where, like, this is a product of that, too. Yeah, like, Ro and mm -hmm. I have definitely had a lot of experience in just, like, making covers really fast. Oh, um, yeah. And, like, if we wanted to, we could have probably done this in, like, a tenth of the amount of time <laughs> yeah, that, that it took us. But like, Super true. Like, I wouldn't change the way we did it. I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. going to sit here and say, I wish we released this two years ago instead. Oh, because yeah, no. <laughs> it would have been a different product. And I'm happy with the product that we have now, so... You know, I just fully embraced that. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely feels that way. So let's get into this a little bit. As far as I know with both of you and with a lot of the YouTube music community is collaboration. And it's something that Ro and I just talked about in the first half. So was there any sort of process in not only just working with YouTube, but also bringing on other uh, guest musicians? Because I know you have at least a couple of other vocalists that are involved in this. 
Yeah. Um, Christian, do you want to talk about Break Free and I'll talk about Jump Up since we kind of... Yeah, for sure. We we'll divvied up a lot of stuff that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Break Free was the first song that uh, I arranged for the EP. That was I did that like the oh. same day we decided to start the EP. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> or like a few days after. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but um, well, obviously we needed a vocalist uh, <laughs> for that song. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I ended up asking one of both of our uh, closest uh, musician friends, Bryn Surti, mm-hmm. um, just because, like, I know he would he would have loved to do it. And oh yeah, he's a great vocalist. And so I asked him to to do the vocals, and he gave he provided very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Poor yeah. guy waited two years to actually hear him come out, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we funny. were we were also like checking this stuff recently. I think he sent me the vocals in like March of 2018. <laughs> oh my gosh! So even though that song is going up now, uh, like his his vocals and honestly, probably like most of the guitars and everything oh, yeah. were recorded two years ago for that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a monster but. of a song. Actually, not too much longer after the initial contact with Ro. Um, I know you had posted the video of that song, and I sent it to mm-hmm. a friend of mine, and we both kind of lost our collective minds. Because even if, <laughs> and this is what's great about video game covers and arrangements, is even if you're not super familiar with the original source material, I think the music stands on its own. And that was just one of those songs where when I first heard, I'm like, that's it. This is definitely going in my summer Thanks. playlist. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> that honestly feels relieving for Break Free especially, because that's like such a sentimental song for, I, I guess, like all three of us as a result, because like we've been all friends for as long as like Moonrock has been in development and like at least a couple years. So like yeah. just seeing a product of like a lot of those friends come together is really cool yeah because in a lot of ways it almost feels like to me this song is just like mario odyssey that like follow me was to like sonic adventure 2 that is exactly what i thought when i like heard that song in the game yeah it's a sonic song (laughs) i was like i am just playing sonic adventure now right (laughs) and like the level itself is very much like in that fast paced like platformer it's just literally like who put sonic adventure in my switch (laughs) (laughs) like nintendo realizes like you know what uh, as a studio, we have definitely stood the test of time. You know, obviously, we kind of quote unquote beat Sega as far as consoles go. <laughs> but yet, mm. one thing they have not quite captured is the feeling of snowboarding down the streets of San Francisco being chased by a truck. How can we capture this moment? And it's like, we found it. It's this song. It's break free. <laughs> and I think even in that game, like while I was playing that, I was just like, this is a song worth covering and playing on guitar. Like, it's a jam. It's it's a really fun song, yeah. Did you give Bryn, like, any guidance, like, from there? <laughs> like, I'm kind of curious how... Um, I don't think so. I think I just <laughs> told him to sing the song. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I, I, I think I added, like, an extra, like, verse or something. I don't know. I changed the arrangement a bit, and mm-hmm. I had to explain that, but... I, I think I yeah. just trusted that he would just like do his thing and it would sound good. And he nailed it, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay. Like, I think he crushed it. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> so Brin killed it. We loved having his vocal. It, like, that's the song that makes me teary, believe it or not. Like, when I hear the mix, like, I've left that video on so many times now. 
Just because, like, how can you pause that? Like, how can you pause Bryn? <laughs> you can't, um, honestly. <laughs> and one thing I got to praise Christian for in the arrangement of that is uh, this is the best guitar solo I think he's ever written. Um, that entire oh, guitar solo you. section is, like, orchestrated by uh, Christian's writing. And um, I remember when he said it, he was like, all right. You know, like, this is a solo. I have a really specific idea where we'll, like, harmonize the whole thing. So you're going to, like, want to break it down and stuff and, like, get it exact. And um, at the end, we have, like, this cool... It reminds me of Blink-182 era kind of, like, pop punk vibes where we're going, like, na da 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 And all yeah. three of us are singing that at the end. It's just, like, the perfect collective way to send off the album. See. Well, yeah. now the gears are spinning because now I'm thinking to myself, late 90s, early 2000s era, Blink-182 mm -hmm. pop punk video game covers. And I'm like, okay, who do I have to throw money at? <laughs> like, what's the Kickstarter looking at? What's the goal? Because that would definitely be in my wheelhouse. It's just fun, like straight up fun kind of music. And it's a departure from what I've normally done, which is what I appreciate about Moonrock, like from a music genre point of view. Yeah, I could say the same thing for probably like different mm -hmm. tracks because like i mean right. like steam gardens is the one that i oh, yeah. i didn't really <laughs> draw from many like influences or anything i was just like okay i i have to like do something like i don't know because mm -hmm. that that song is very i mean yeah it's like it's like a rock metal sort of situation but it, there's also like some surf going on mm -hmm. and yeah like that's very sort of much stuff. 60s rock um yeah i think once you handed it to me I started thinking back like those kind of feelings. So it's it's like the unique song in a few ways. It has like a rock organ part. Um, it's it's got more of the like traditional guitar sounds because I used a lot of my um, Fender Stratocaster on some of the side guitars, and um, you know you're drawing from like the Doors and all these like the Ventures almost. Uh, it has like a different drum kit approach. It it's. That's the diversity on Moonrock, I guess, right there. <laughs> that track. <laughs> yeah, that track is like definitely the most sort of, mm -hmm. I don't want to say standout, but it like the, the most different from the rest of the track list, I suppose. Rain. Mm -hmm. Getting on the, because um, Adrian, you asked like also collaborator and uh, Bryn wasn't the only singer we had. Um, of course, we had Tiggs or Tia. She sang for Jump Up Superstar, but um, her story <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> her joining the album is actually like the rescue of the century when we think about it jump up superstar <laughs> like i remember where i was when i heard that song play in e3 and um i had a headache that day or else i was gonna try to speed cover it on like probably not singing at that time i was definitely not anywhere near as comfortable doing vocals in 2018 but both Christian and myself were like, all right, we have to include this song. Like, this is this is on here, right? But <laughs> neither of us were really, like, able to say it. There has to be buried somewhere, like, our attempts at, like, the, at singing Jump Up Superstar in the original key. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you, like, think, yeah, that I'm exists. sure you remember. And <laughs> they don't end as well as I'd like. Um, I, we both sing in the song. As like backing tracks, but you're just imagining like it's time to jump, <laughs> kind of stuff like that. Like it's yeah. it doesn't end well. 
That was a perfect reenactment of some voice messages that I sent to Ro. As, like, yeah, it's as pretty. Intense. Oh wait, you sent us his voicemail? Could you imagine just waking up and it's like, oh wait, I gotta call my phone and just uh, just yeah. hearing like <laughs> the WhatsApp voice message. <laughs> it's time to jump. And then from there, I'm just like, yeah, let's be frank with each other. We we're gonna need some help. <laughs> and um, we were really shuffling through who has like the cadence of the kind of uh, Broadway upbeat uh, jazz performance as, as well as they have to be able to sing in our rock metal mix. Right. Um, Christian went through, I think two iterations of rhythm guitars. Uh, the second one having tons of like flavor and diversity and like the riffs get so much more intricate and um, like finding that balance is not easy on YouTube for uh either you know uh, a male or female or any like kind of singer really so we, we were gonna have our friend dylan on for a while and you know like delays and timelines and stuff just didn't like add up so we were like really low and all of a sudden i'd worked with um tia tiggs we had uh done under the sea and then we did phantom of the opera and by that point i was like all right she rocks and she comes from a jazz background and I know that she's definitely, like, one of the easiest people to, like, collaborate with. So I was like, hey, Christian, um, you remember, like, her from this video? Like, what if she does Jump Up Superstar? This is the weirdest, like, luckiest timing ever. Because I remember, like, messaging Christian, like, okay, I know this isn't what we expected. But basically, Tia was in town uh, <laughs> for, like, one day. And it, I, it was, like, one of those things where, like, oh, my gosh, we can... Have her learn the song, learn the lyrics, and record Jump Up Superstar for us. And I can film it, you know, in my setup so that we can get, like, a really cool setup for, um, for like, a really lively video. Oh, nice. And, right, so the whole day was dedicated to that. But it's a hard song to sing. Uh, it, like, I think both of us would admit, like, the lyrics are hard to remember. I mean, for us, we're just we're just repeating what's going on in the main. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just like Odyssey, Yesy, and she's got to know like here we go off the rails. You know, uh, put a smile on that face. There's no time to waste. Like yeah, neither of us even know the lyrics to the song. We, so. To this day, really it's something. like da, 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 you know. Now you've got panache. <laughs> I can't even judge because, like, try to have me sing it like verbatim. I, I'm floundered. I can hum it. This would be the worst karaoke thing at a con, hands down. Or the best, <laughs> honestly. Or the best because people would start improvising. But she learned it for the video. We were trying to, like, um, I was trying to, like, find ways to help, like, show the lyrics. So, like, you can kind of tell in the video we're just, like, scrambling. But, you know, she got it down, and when she got back, she helped, like, redub all of the vocals, no problem at all, and did, like, some extra harmonies for us, and, you know, we're just, like, super lucky we had two really easy-to-work-with vocalists who just, like, nailed it so that Christian and I could focus on the instrumentals and, like, backups. I also just want to throw in that, like, I I think it worked out perfectly that you got to, like, film her in your Mm. setup, because... I mean, something that gets challenging with uh, doing like 
collaborations on YouTube with video game music is like video consistency. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where the, both the collaborators have like totally different like sort of setups. But because Ro got to film Tia in her setup and I kind of tried to match Ro as best as I could. Oh yeah. Um, that video ended up looking really good in my opinion. That's like one of my favorite videos that I've ever been a part of just because Ro, mm -hmm. along with Ro's like incredible <laughs> editing skills, <laughs> like it just, thank it blends you, together you. super well. I mean, honest to God, like, uh, Christian and I were like, this is one of those times, like, we thought <laughs> ahead, like, um, <laughs> and I, it was, it was definitely like Christian, like, let's do black background. This will be easy to like match on my end. And boy, was it like, I don't think I actually really color corrected much of his, you know, videos. We just all put black, uh, curtains behind us and like a couple lights and we did what we know how to do. And um, it worked really well on both Break Free and um, Jump Up Superstar. Like uh, Bryn also matched the the black background uh, and the lighting and everything. Like Break Free looks so good too. That is also remarkable. Which again, in mm -hmm. crafty editing and people who are adaptable and that you can work with. That I know it feels like it's a point we're hammering home a lot, but that's oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's a really good point. <laughs> Then you get to stuff like, um, was it track four, Toaster in the Ruins, which, um, oh, yeah. thanks to you, I almost started a circle pit in my living room, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's a meaty track, and as much as I love the Unwoods, though, but my hilariously blackened heart always appreciates some mm -hmm. really sick metal riffs. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think Toaster Rena was like one of the tracks where, like when we were sort of in the mixing stage, right. like after we had recorded everything, that was definitely I think both of our favorite song for a while because yeah. we were just like, man, this this slams like <laughs> it really does. We were adding, a, we were on like Discord screen share mm -hmm. calls and like adding these like bass drops and stuff, and that we was the best. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just really exciting to work on that one, and I, I would mm -hmm. definitely say yeah, it's like probably the heaviest track on the EP yeah. for sure. As like a metal musician, Toasterina wins my heart. And then as like a lover of like sing along pop punk stuff, I think Break Free does it for me. Yeah, Toasterina was interesting. I'm actually kind of curious, like Christian, do you have any like rhyme or reason to how you did the guitars in that one, like the riff writing? Because there's a lot of intricate like riffs going on, especially in the midsection and like the breakdown, like the ba bra bra da kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, honestly, this was one of the songs that was arranged in like 2018. So it's kind of hard uh. to remember like what I was listening to around that time. Um, Exoplanet contortionist. You know what? Actually, probably yes. Uh, the contortionist like early stuff probably had a huge influence on that. Also periphery. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I was just trying to do something kind of simple. Like, I, I guess mm -hmm. like not everything is simple, but the main riff that's yeah. just like like palm muted power chords. I was I was just trying to think like okay, let's try to make something really impactful that's just right. super simple because for something to sound heavy, it doesn't have to be complicated at all. Mm -hmm. so. That's a very good point. But as someone who enjoys my technical music, I'm like, well, can it be complicated? <laughs> oh, I oh, mean, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made it complicated. Um, like I, I don't know if we said it yet actually, but uh, the division of the album. In terms of like who was doing what, Christian was in charge of arranging rhythm guitars, you know, a lot of the lead guitars and acoustics and stuff. So everything he wrote, 
Uh, I would have to learn for like complimenting on bass, which in a lot of metal music means pretty much learning equally hard parts. And yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the Sometimes times definitely harder too. <laughs> right. Like I would have to pause and like just isolate the guitar and be like, and I was just like, wait, is this even doable? <laughs> like uh, I would have to make sure I was like in the same tuning and stuff and like kind of making sure it all cohesively glues well. Um, even if it meant like rewriting or re-recording stuff straight up so that it would properly work. So what you're saying you is- You killed it with the bass though. I, you I, did. I appreciate it. <laughs> though it's, it's almost sounding like as much as you guys got along, there are parts where, like, Ro was like, I don't know how Christian does this. Part of me almost hates him, but yeah, we're going to make this work. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, because, like, I mean, Ro and I are really used to just having, like, full, I guess, creative control and just kind yeah. of doing everything entirely ourselves. And when you're making a collab album, you kind of have to adapt to, like, well, I don't know about adapt, but you have to make, like, certain sacrifices for like things to to line up i guess because like i don't know if ro made this album alone it would have sounded completely different and if oh, i made yeah. this album alone it would have <laughs> sounded completely different dude so if moon christian came out moon christian would just be like super aggressive and then the last track would be like a seven minute like like clean ambient thing on your gnl and if i made it there would be like a blues track randomly in the middle and like there would be like some weird motif on piano or something. It would it would be so weird if we had too much free reign. Though I'm not gonna lie, both of those sound equally as awesome though. So I don't I don't see where the downside is other than having to of course do it yourself. I, I like to call them compromises, but I also think there's accountability. Like Christian and I are at least comfortable enough to where we can just be like uh, this kind of sounded out of tune or like, hey, there's a spot at like 50 seconds. Um, you know, that's throwing me off. And I have like so much going on with the mixing duty that I just cannot do it alone. Right. And I will miss so many things. And I'm already a scatterbrained individual. Christian definitely knows this. So <laughs> like if you saw Adrian, like the the number of versions we've rendered out before both of us were just like, yeah, this has to be the one. There is like seven versions of steam gardens or something like there was issues on jump up superstar until like the 10th master or something like that it's just like it's a it's a process you build on together though yeah. is there a possibility that we can actually hear some of those outtakes at some point <laughs> they will um, be burned <laughs> yeah i mean maybe maybe some of the really early demos would be interesting because uh, even yeah. i haven't listened to those since like they were made mm -hmm. so yeah. It would be cool to do like a retrospective of some sort and like just go through Moonrock drafts and clips and kind of just share, um, you know, I, I, I know like obviously Christian and I both have like, you know, we have channels, we have viewers and stuff. We're not humongous channels, but we're not brand new. But in terms of like the reception and interest in Moonrock and its creation, I'm like really like interested and appreciative to hear like what people think of that process. And like, I don't know if, about you, Christian, but like, I kind of like sharing how we did it a lot. <laughs> um, oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Like just cause like it, it, it helps future people be like, Hey, they won't make the same mistakes we will or whatever, but they can also <laughs> take advantage of the things that we discovered too. And um, yeah, it's just interesting. This was a long process. 
the question of whether or not would you guys collaborate again, I'm pretty sure we're probably never. Yes. never. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already taking down Moonrock as we speak. <laughs> Yeah, I've already like deleted like all the project files. And oh I replaced God. all of your parts with a kazoo, <laughs> a badly tuned kazoo. But and I'm calling Christian's it kazoo like, rock. He's like, I'm gonna pull a Jason Newstead and mix down all the bass on this album. <laughs> it's okay. I'm also I'm also on the leads. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we still have a lot of work to do. As far as like, we've got three more videos to make. I like to think an album isn't done until you are thoroughly done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, Christian, you you made a, an original album and there was quite a lot of videos for that. Yeah. So I'm sure you know. And that was after releasing. Luckily, Moonrock is a pretty short EP, so doing yeah. all the videos like shouldn't take long. But I guess like when you're making like uh, larger scale stuff, it's kind of hard to choose like, okay, which songs get videos? What right. happens if I don't make videos for this song? Right. <laughs> yeah. It drives me nuts. I mean, Adrian, you know, like Metal Trainer, there's not a lot of videos for that album because after I did the first couple, I was so burned out from how much work it took to do the particular ones I chose. And there was so much new things to do. You kind of put it behind you and then you're just like, all right, what's actually next? Like fresh, fresh. Yeah. Uh, right. Like I feel like you almost lose interest in making the rest of the videos before you like actively decide to stop making them, you know, just cause right. like, I don't know, I guess Ro and I are kind of constantly just trying to like We're always move on, on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Christian and I are both working on more than Moonrock both during, before, and after Moonrock's release. So there, there's just so much going on that like pulls my attention away. I want to love Moonrock for three more videos <laughs> before, I, <laughs> before I decide, all right, this was my last album. What is the yeah. next album? <laughs> yeah, because that's um, tough. I mean, and maybe I don't necessarily do the same things that you guys do, but sure. anything that you're working on creatively... Like I had mentioned before, it takes a lot of time. As much as you love the project and you want to see it grow, and especially once it's completed, you want to send it out to the world, there's definitely a part, and I don't know if this is like some sort of deep secret, but there's usually that one point in a project where you go, was this worth it? Like, you know, it's like, I could scrap <laughs> no. this and walk away from it. You know you're not going to, but there's a part where you just kind of like resent it just a smidge. Mm. But you know when it's out and it's out in the world and especially if it's getting good feedback, you know, you do feel some sense mm -hmm. of pride. But to do that constantly and as long as it takes, there's going to be some low periods. And I think that's not mm -hmm. too, you know, that's not too strange to admit, at least not for me. I can't speak for anybody else. Because even in terms mm -hmm. of, like, podcasts, there's the, oh, my God, like, mm -hmm. again, this is the life I chose. Why did I do this? I could be doing <laughs> anything else. But right. once it's out and people are listening to it and enjoying it, it's like, you know, I, I get a sense of accomplishment out of that. But there are points where you're like, man, like, screw this. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, it came in waves during the creation. Because for me, the reception is coming either in the videos or in our album sales, which, I mean, this is a unique album in that we completely independently published a Bandcamp. So it is kind of like a, a risky investment of, of sorts, both like figuratively and literally. But um, so far, I mean, like reception has been really nice. Uh, obviously, like from yourself, Adrian, like we've, we've heard really cool things and 
people can ap- kind of appreciate all of the work and the the creativity I think that comes from this kind of a project versus you know if we just like posted a video one day um and tried like a thousand times less but like I haven't heard from you like Christian if people have like said anything or uh I mean I I think we've both heard like a lot of the same reception I mean like I sure. personally I, I I can't really, you know, expect too much because I mean both of us are relatively small creators, right? But sure. like what we have heard is just like it's heartwarming. It's nice to know oh, yeah. after like so so long. And I mean to add to what you said about like I, I guess like having to go through like certain roadblocks and just kind of push through them to release something. I mean mm-hmm. uh we were going to have a sixth track on this EP, uh, which was gonna be oh, yeah. New Dog City. And that was just like one of the Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. situations where we were like I would just rather get this out than <laughs> go through the effort of like finishing an arrangement that I wasn't super happy with. But you know, maybe one day we'll revisit that. I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, we we kind of <laughs> missed the question on would we collaborate again? And like, a, I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> there is there is specific plans <laughs> to have Christian on an, uh, a future track that I can't speak about for another two months. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like on a broad sense, of course, every collab album I've done has been like a pretty great experience, at least as far as like making really good product and right. uh, working with the other person. But especially I think in this case, like with Moonrock, since I think we write in the same style, especially, it especially makes me like interested in like coming back and working on a, a co-arranged like special or song in the future once we're like done with all of our <laughs> crazy album release <laughs> ideas and stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll 100% collaborate again, like mm-hmm. multiple Maybe times not on certain. Odyssey. Cause there's like no <laughs> songs left. We wipe the bowl clean. <laughs> I mean, if Odyssey two comes out, then we're kind of, we right. kind of have to do moon rock too. So yeah. Tune rock. And it's like, <laughs> <T-W-Rock>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, it's a good first we- start. Oh yeah, I mean we had like a running joke in um one of our friend groups that like Moonrock is just like this this figment of imagination that could <laughs> never come out <laughs> kind of thing. And like a lot of that group actually contributed to the album while making this joke anyway. <laughs> but um you know like with with like stricter deadlines and like more confidence in like production side and like less to worry about in the other things, you know, like not working on other albums at the same time or trying to make a million videos at the same time, like the process gets easier. But I don't know if like a collaborative video game album in that same like realm will be in my future for a while because it obviously does take a lot out of you to do that much. And again, like with all respect due, it's like a lot of dependency on another person when you're like kind of eager to just try what you want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like doing our own stuff also gives us that freedom. That's sort of the honesty and kind of nature of collaboration that may not necessarily always be the most comfortable to talk about, but it is worth noting that yes, there were parts that mm-hmm. were stressful and hectic and it took a while, but yet once mm-hmm. we close, people will hear one of these tracks and they can go on YouTube and check out the video. It's going to be something special and it is something special. And especially since, like, what we talk about a lot on this podcast is the creative process and working with other right. people. It's amazing that even with all the hiccups and the 
the slow starts that it's out in the world. So both Fuzzy Pickles <laughs> and Moonrock are out in the world and people can enjoy them. So yes, the blood, sweat, and tears were, I would say, definitely worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly you. agree. Um, and I appreciate the kind words on both those albums. And well, just thank both of you for sharing your story. And um, I look forward to checking out what you guys have up next. And again, Christian, since we just met, uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your experience. And I hope to have you on again, because I definitely want to pick your brain about uh, some of your other musical journeys and maybe some of the personal ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this has been super fun. So yeah, it's always a blast. (laughs) Before we go, I do want everybody to know where they could uh, interact with the both of you and with both Fuzzy Pickles and Moonrock on where they can check out these albums. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, Moonrock is at the moment a Bandcamp exclusive. Like Ro mentioned earlier, we kind of independently release this one, but it'll be on Spotify and Apple Music and all those other platforms too. So uh, yeah, I mean, any way you want to support that or stream it or just listen to it, whatever, it's great. I'm, I'm just glad that you want to support it. I don't know. It should be available everywhere. Yeah. Um, so again, Fuzzy Pickles is available on Bandcamp. You can find it either via, you know, uh, gamelark.bandcamp.com. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all your favorite digital retailers, and it's part of the Materia Collective. So if you look where their albums are sold, you will find... Fuzzy Pickles, as far as Moonrock goes, Christian <laughs> covered it. Um, but you can also check out his awesome YouTube channel, Christian Richardson, or Christian Richardson Music, on like all your socials and stuff. Because uh, pretty sure you've got stuff coming out too, right? Yeah, yeah. On I YouTube's. definitely have some plans. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, when those plans do start to come to fruition, um, we will definitely be amplifying those because yes, I have a feeling yes, it's yes. going to be dope. Oh, thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah. And um, I myself, I've got Roponuganti, P-A-N-U-G-A-N-T-I, um, all my <laughs> socials and my YouTube channel. I am right now focusing 100% on something I've been working with Materia Collective on for the entire year. Christian is um, uh, a good participant in that as well, and I will be able to share much more in a few months, but it is easily the biggest thing I've done in nine years of video game cover musicking, so extremely excited for that but more importantly we're going to be making more videos for moon rock soon so that'll come out yep. first <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh definitely guys check those albums out check out fuzzy pickles moon rock support these two artists support vgm it's a wonderful community and the music is top notch and thank you so much you guys for stopping by and well before we go well yeah i'd already played a song off of fuzzy pickles but now, normally I would do dealer's choice regarding the songs, but for Moonrock, I got to go with Break Free again. Like oh, this. yeah. <laughs> that would have been my pick. <laughs> so if you are anywhere where there are steep hills, um, start snowboarding and try to outrun a trolley or two, even though it's a completely different game for a different studio, <laughs> it's still an amazing song. And again, everybody crushes it. So we will close out with Break Free, Lead the Way off of Moonrock. And again, thank you guys for listening. And before we go, just want you to know that this and every podcast can be found on AdrianHasIssues.com. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you can get your podcasts because the internet is a wonderful place. So thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. 
For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.